Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm your host. I'm a confidence coach and an instigator of joy. And I help spiritual adventurers remember who they are and why they're here so they can up-level with ease. And let's talk about joy a little bit. I just got back from an amazing, magical trip to Switzerland where I got to swim and bike and run. And today I was listening to a podcast, a non-triathlon podcast, and I heard somebody say, if you're not a pro athlete, if you're not a pro Ironman, then there's really no point in doing it. Meaning there's no point in doing triathlon in training and in racing. And I disagree. Because joy, joy can be the point. That's a totally legitimate point of doing something. It's a totally legitimate reason to do something, not getting into all the growth that comes from challenging and learning and all of that, simply focusing on the joy. Because when we are filled with joy, when we are, well, when we're filled with joy, we're present. We are in our most magical state. And that state is infectious. Like everyone wants to be around a joyful person, maybe not everyone, but the people that you want around you will be drawn to you. Joy is such a powerful emotion. And it's something that we all, well, we all have a right to. And we all are, are naturally drawn to it. So for me, why do I do triathlon? Why do I train? Why do I quote unquote suffer for the joy? And that may not be joy at all for you. But whatever it is that you find joy in, no matter how ridiculous it is, have you ever watched a race? I'm so amused by when cones are set up. The fact that all these adults are running this very specific pattern around a set of cones. This sport is silly and I'm madly in love with it. It brings me so much joy. And whatever it is that brings you joy, oh, my friends, just dive into it. Please immerse yourself into it. Do what brings you joy. That's what the world wants from you. The universe wants you to be sparkly as fuck. And in order to be sparkly as fuck, we need you to be filled with joy. Please. So this week, I'm sharing with you a conversation with my friend Craig Haywood. He is a doctor of chiropractic a science enthusiast, networking machine, smiler, deep thinker, rock solid buddy, truth seeker, pragmatist, co-host of the Ridiculously Human podcast. Yeah, Craig is the co-host with Gareth Martin, who was on a few episodes back. This guy is amazing. This conversation is chill and inspiring and a whole lot of fun. And I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, please share it everywhere. You guys, please... Be joy, spread joy, share joy, relish the joy, just be in it and go forth and be awesome. Um, yeah, let's get back to social media and the pressure to post and to the, the fact that you guys are putting together these killer headliner visuals are they all in headliner um most of them are in headliner which is we, we really dig headliner and uh yeah just you know we, we put a few things together but a lot of it is is headliner just because it's so, it makes it so easy doesn't it it's like 
you can you can make quite a nice visual. It says a lot in one sort of snapshot of looking at it, and uh, it it fits the sort of construct of of the platforms that that we're on. You know, so um, how about you? What do you? That's no, so what I've been using. But you're doing a much better job than I am. I'm totally inspired by what you guys are doing. Oh, that's kind of you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just kind of throwing it together. It's time to up-level that. You know what? Uh, what I've done is um, is I've got uh, like Ripple. Do you know Ripple? No. So it's just got, uh, there's different, I mean, like Canva or Ripple, one of these things. And you pretty much can get like basic templates mm-hmm. that you that you can use. And then, so I just, with the guest photos, like with the ones you've sent over to us, you know, we just put that in. Uh, and into the sort of templates and uh, then you can just put that straight into your, you know, download that and then you put that, add that to your headliner video. Um, and then it's quite simple, you know, it doesn't, and then every so often just change that template to make your stuff look a bit maybe more fresh or whatever. So at the end of the day, it's not, it's, it's not that hard because the, the ripple does it all basically. And then the info you put in there, you just put whatever's from the person's bio. Um, you know, like little, little words, like yours is like, find you're awesome. Like it's easy to do because you want to put that on there, but you know, these kind of things. So, I mean, look, I feel like we, well, I can only speak for myself, not for Gareth, but I feel like a massive amateur at all that. Like I am, I'm a chiropractor and I've done other things, but graphic design and these things have, have never entered my world. So, I mean, thanks for saying that it means a lot because I feel like I'm a, a real amateur <laughs> oh it looks amazing i've already shown like your instagram oh, God. account to a few people i've been like this we're gonna start making images like this oh that's so kind of you jeez i feel like we ever need to like, these are the kind of things we were talking about earlier like we want to the reason we want to split like change the timing of our podcast is so we can like invest a bit more time into you know doing the bit more of the production you know like mm-hmm. make it look neat and we we just kind of posting stuff and there's no massive coherence um you look some you look at some accounts and you're like blown away you know at their at their um I, but i also think sometimes that's probably a social media person or something yeah you know which is so funny i think all of us call it a social media person like <laughs> there's there's an actual title for this area of expertise <laughs> i don't know what it Jeez. is social media oh, okay. i guess but we all call it a, there's a social media person, like someone who gets the secrets of social media. Yeah, exactly. Media. They get the algorithms of the mm-hmm. of the interwebs. Oh my god! But they always talk about that, like the the people that you um, speak to, like maybe on on you know Upwork or Fiverr, one of these things. They're always like you know hacking the algorithms and all these things. I'm yeah. like, wow. Well, I would have no idea how to hack any algorithm. So you go right ahead. <laughs> So let's let's start out, Craig, with how you got into. Well, no, actually, you know what? I don't want to start with how you got into chiropractic. Mm. First, I want to start out when we were talking in the Ridiculously Human podcast. You shared that you, like me, were a active little kid. Mm. Like you moved, or you didn't sit still so well. Yes. So let's take us back to then. What was it like growing up in South Africa? What was it like being a kid who couldn't sit still? Yeah, I think kind of very similar to you. You've, there's a there's two sides to it. On the one side, you you're a youngster, you don't really care, and on the other side, you you realize that you are different, you know. And 
Um, you, one has to fit into a certain box, uh, especially when you're small, you listen to the grown-ups kind of thing, you know, and um, I used to notice it from when I was like really small, like my mother would say, put on that, you know, that jumper, you must be cold. And I'd be sweating. I'd be like, I'm not cold. But my mother said, put it on, you know, it's freezing because she was cold, you know. And I, I found a lot of these things in life, like sit still at school, like in class, just sit still, just, you know, and, and I'm there I am like maybe bouncing around. And, and I guess that's, I mean, maybe the sign of the times, they didn't really, they just thought I was a naughty, busy body, you know. Um, and, and maybe there's something deeper going on there, you know, that, that maybe, maybe I wasn't eating well, or, um, and, or, and, or maybe that was just me, you know, but it didn't fit into the, the norms and the, the, um, the way things were done. So anyway, I did, I did notice just like you, that you know, you can be a bit marginalized for certain character traits that you might have. And, um, it, it's not cool when you're that young, you know, and, and, I think it's just a massive lesson always to like, especially with kids, you know, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know anything really. And what is naughty, you know, what actually is a naughty child? Um, and uh, I've definitely changed my sort of, I don't have kids, but I definitely changed my thinking around um, what is actually naughty, naughtiness. Is it just curiosity? Is it excitement? Is it busyness that we kind of, we want, we want something different for that child. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting question. I love that question. I don't have kids either, but I did read most of the conscious child. Pretty sure that's mm. the name of it by Shafali something. She has been on a few of Oprah's podcasts and she talks a lot about how kids are here to teach their parents mm. and it just changes the, the relationship from the traditional like parents are in charge to yeah. actually like the kids kind of in charge and yeah. you know instead of dulling their sparkle and putting them in a box instead let them let their spirit be free mm. yeah, yeah totally and 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 we tend to um put well i mean if you listen to people like bruce lipton and and many others you know um Joe Dispenza, they're always talking about the programming that we've received from our parents up until like between like seven and nine years old, you know, that you are basically a, a sort of a construct of your parents' ideals that they wished for themselves kind of thing. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's yours. Your, and, and so what happens is when you get older, you kind of have this template of your parents and you start to have your own ideas and then you have to try and mesh the two together and, uh, and, and unlearn some of the stuff that they sort of projected onto you. And yeah, I think it's, it's quite fascinating when you realize that's how it works for all of us, for everybody, you know. Yeah. Um, it's so cool because it's liberating. You realize, okay, cool, that, that's just an old programming. And I, if I can see it, then I can do something about it. I think the realization of that's not mine. Mm. That can be like, that's such a like super simple coaching experience is like, Oh, that's not even mine. Oh, okay. Then I'm just going to take it off. Like, it's like, I was wearing that hat for like 15 years and it's not mine. I'm going to take that off. Do you do that? Well, do you manage to see it and then just go moving swiftly along kind of thing? Sometimes. Yeah. 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 As soon as, if it has no attachment, 
like feels like if it doesn't if it's not attached to my soul i'm like oh yeah that's not mine no that's really good good riddance yeah i don't think it's easy though it's not an easy thing necessarily well that's that's also probably an old construct (laughs) yeah but maybe it is easy like maybe it's as simple as just noticing it happening yeah i like that because once we notice it it breaks its spell on us Mm. and then we get to choose what to do and that's where habits come in so i'll explain it like um habits are like highways in our brains it's the fast way it's the way they're well paved and it's that's just the way we do things so when we want to change a habit, we start taking the construction road and it's going to be windy and bumpy and dirt and it's going to take a lot longer, but you're <laughs> still going to get there. Yeah. I like that. And actually there's, there's, that's a very like strong analogy for the neuroplasticity in our brains. You know, that's something that I'm very interested in is the neuroscience side of things. And like literally when you're learning a new thing, so like if, if I, even if I just, told you something that you'd never knew right now that's physically not just like a weird thought it's like physically creating a new little connection somewhere in your brain that grows to something else like how amazing is that and so to grow new connections is not necessarily instantaneous so like you say the rocky road and this windy new path it's mm-hmm. like i always picture that actually happening in my brain the windy new path is growing and maybe that connection is just about to reach the other one. And if you just keep pushing through that new habit, eventually the two connections meet and that becomes a new lane and you've just created a new path where that becomes easier from then on, you know, and it literally does. And it's, I think it's cool to just imagine that happening because you, you just, if you, you met with resistance, you just know, cool, let's just push on through because I'm creating new habits and pathways in my brain that next time my default might not be to default down that other way, which I've always gone down since I was a kid. Maybe the new default eventually becomes this this new little river that I've created and sweet. Next time I don't knee jerk to the old way. And then you're like, Oh, that just happened. That's cool. You know, we see it so much in skills we do. Like if we're learning a new not even it doesn't even have to be anything fancy but let's just go you're learning a cartwheel you're gonna Mm. see like how the pieces come together and how much you have to think about it initially and then you don't and it just happens and we don't think about that with our thoughts but our thoughts also when we start thinking different thoughts like if we have historically always had super pessimistic victimy mindset to switch into a more empowered positive mindset is going to take some practice and then right. it will flow. It's the same as learning a cartwheel, but we feel, I guess, less empowered by changing our thoughts. True. It's weird that, isn't it? Like it's mind and body has always been this weird dichotomy in, you know, for hundreds of years when the church sort of separated the two, we still have to come back to like, okay, everybody, there's not such a big difference. There's not this massive divide between the two. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and, and I love that, you know, it's, it's equally, it's equally, um, you know, hard work sometimes and, and takes hard work. And one, one, one person we spoke to on our, on our podcast, um, he actually said, and it changed the way I think about things. He's like, when you wake up in the morning and you push snooze, for example, right? 
or you lying there and you, you're just like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't feel like getting up. You know, we've all been there. But the second you do that, right, you, you basically have a choice. Your, your neurology has a cascade, right? So, you, so you'll, as soon as you, there's a fork in the neurological pathway, right? And then you, you take the right fork and that fork lends, leads to a whole cascade of other neurological firings. And then you, have a, you can choose the other way, which might be as soon as you open your eyes, there's something positive. Like I'm going to, today I'm going to, some kind of affirmation, like instantaneously. And that might push you on physically into a different neurological pathway, which has the positive cascade effect down the other side of your brain. And if I always like to bring it back to the practical, I guess, and, and as soon as I, I picture that, I go, because I often wake up with negative thoughts for some reason, or like, oh, I'm tired, or oh, my knee, or whatever. And I think, why is that a default? Like, why must I feel that? And it's a choice, surely. And if you make that choice first thing in the morning, maybe the rest of my day is going to flow on that neurological sort of a pathway. So it's kind of cool to think of it like that. Yeah, it's super common to wake up with negative thoughts. I, I wake up with thank you. That tends oh, cool. to be my first word. Words. Nice. Or two words. <laughs> um, but again, I don't know if that's from, I don't know if that's been lifelong or if that's more now. Um, and I have a pretty strong gratitude practice right now. So maybe my brain just slips into like, okay, it's almost time for gratitude. Let's start uh, practicing. That's brilliant. Yeah. So how'd you get interested in neuroscience? Uh, you know what? I think it just goes hand in hand with chiropractic to some degree. Um, and I've always been interested in people and the choices we make and the patterning we have and all these things we've just been discussing really, like they all sort of fascinate me and actually just more and more like psychology is fascinating, you know? And also I guess it all stemmed from how do you, the, 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 the brain body divide basically. So like why, uh, or the perceived divide, you know, why is there something physical that can manifest from something mental and, and the other way around. Cause I just see it every day and I'm like, okay, well that's, that's really fascinating. And so the neurology side of things at the end of the day is what the way we perceive the world, the, the reason human beings and all animals um, or hu um, human animals have central nervous systems is to adapt to changes and also to sort of combine all the sensory information we receive and then put it into something coherent. So you and me, we are our nervous systems. So it's actually quite a good idea to kind of understand that a little bit, you know, because everything we do is thanks to our central nervous system and, um, and our brains and the way we function and chemistry at the end of the day, you know, and it's just fascinating to me. And so I guess it just was, it was just, going down a rabbit hole based on what I was seeing doing what I do, I suppose. So what kind of things were you seeing? Oh, just look before I was studying chiropractic, just our habits and our defaults that you were talking about. Um, and I had parents that were like incessantly fighting, you know, and I used to look at them and I'd be like, like, what is that all about? You know what I mean? <laughs> Are you hearing the thunder? Can you was hear that? that? Yeah. <laughs> I heard it. I was like, wow, are you all right? 
<laughs> Goodness. I saw you glance up a moment ago and was that lightning? Or... Yep. <laughs> yeah, I thought I saw like a flash or something. Wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We're going to keep on pushing through this. Yeah, you want you want to you want to turn your uh, PC off and we can come back. Or yeah, no, we're all clear until we're not, and I'll let you know if we're not. Yeah, well, if you disappear, then I, if the screen goes dark, then I know what's yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it it's just um, I guess it started with those, but I mean, a lot of things I'd see people that were would have a stressful event, right, and almost instant well not almost instantaneously have some kind of pain physically not like a week later or six months later it's like i i remember this it was actually one person i actually remember this like being quite shocked i was still new like a new graduate and i didn't really like have much experience this woman had got news about her son or something like that and as soon, and it wasn't anything hectic he had to go for a knee operation and she was freaked out by this right because she had bad experience with operation. So anyway, long story short, he, he, she got this news. He has to go for operation and instantly she couldn't move her neck. Like it just, as soon as she had the phone call and she'd never had a sore neck before and she just couldn't move it. Like she came in and she didn't think it was really linked. She was just like, and then she was talking about it. She's like, Oh my God. And I was like, and I found that fascinating. I was like, how is that even possible? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and I guess there's, I could tell you a thousand and one other stories like that, but that was where it sort of started. And, it, and it, that's fascinating to me is like how much of pain and how much of anything in our bodies or in our lives is, is a, is a sort of a thought process and how much of our thought processes are linked to what's happening physically. And I mean, there's a gray area there that we'll probably deb debate forever. Yeah, it's really interesting. I've heard stories of people who will say like, I can't see your point for their whole lives and then they lose their vision. Hmm. And like people that will be like very rigid on things and then they end up like in, unable to move their necks or some mm. other joint in their body. Totally, totally. I, I had experienced it myself when I was younger. I, I had repeated um, like tonsillitis, you know, like constantly. And then I spoke to this one lady who I, at the time, I, like, I, I thought everything was too esoteric. I was, I, I've moved more into that realm of realizing there's stuff we just don't understand. But at the time I was more, way more like medical minded and like, you know, and she was like, you're not communicating properly. Like something's going on with the way you, and I, and, and I honestly, at the time I was going through a lot of that stuff. And like the weirdest thing was like, I really worked on that and I've never had a sort of tonsillitis again. I was like, like it happened like this. And I, once again, I still don't really understand that, but it, something changed in me when I started to communicate more and not keep it in. So I don't know, like I, I feel, I still feel it's kind of weird, but at the reality is that things <laughs> do happen like that. Are you familiar with the gene keys? Uh, no. Okay. So I have no business talking about them because I really don't understand them at all. There, mm -hmm. Somebody told me about them when I was talking about human design and they were like, oh, well, do you do gene keys too? And I asked her like four times to repeat herself. I'm like, the what? <laughs> the what? I was going to ask you now too. <laughs> yeah. Gene keys. And so she sent me a couple links and I looked at it and it, it's like a, 
I don't even know how to go down the rabbit hole. But what I gathered is one of the, when I put in my birth information, one of the keys maybe that I have says like, there's this certain period during your life when you're at risk of deafness. Hmm. And I, um, that's, it was during that period, like it was maybe like ages seven to 14 or something like that. That's when my eardrums ruptured. No ways. And I'm like, oh, huh. I don't understand this stuff at all, but well, that's an interesting kind of link. Wow. And how the ears nowadays? They're fine. They're fine. I supposedly, I think I have like 99% hearing in my right ear and 100% in the left, but the right was a bigger dent. Wow. And what did they, what did the like medical fraternity say it was? Just, oh, it was an ear infection. I kept going back to the doctor and said, I was an ear infection kid. So I wow. kept going back and saying, I have an ear infection. And they'd say, no, you don't. And I, mm. the next day, my mom would be like, how are you feeling? And I'd be like, I have an ear infection. She'd be like, do you want to go back to the doctor? I'd be like, oh, yeah, okay. So I go back and say, I have an ear infection. No, you don't. And then finally, yes. they ruptured one after oh. another. Oh, that must be really painful. It's actually a big relief when they rupture. Yeah. The pressure. Yeah, it's all, it's gross. Like wow. your fluid starts coming out of your ear. Goodness. Yeah. And well, it sounds like a thunderstorm all the time. No ways. Yeah. Gee, so at least you were like, you see, I told you. <laughs> yeah, I was. And after that, that doctor's office would like, anytime I went in there, there was a big like, let's check your ears. Let's double check everything. But I guess, you know what? Everyone's on a learning journey and yeah. This is the thing that you have one we all have to remember is that doctors are human beings mm-hmm. too. They are fallible just like everybody else. And maybe he just really needed to learn that. I mean, that someone had to cop the, unfortunately, someone had to be that person. But yeah. from now on, when a little kid says, listen, I'm feeling this way, he might actually just take a little bit longer to actually do that. And um, I guess we all have these little lessons on our path. Oh, all over the place yes and there are people dropped throughout our lives who are here to teach us and some lessons are fun to learn and some are not yeah yeah so true so how did you decide to become a chiropractor so i was actually quite interested in marine biology living at the beach and and i just like just was interested in like biology and like i said earlier of the human being the human condition basically and um, so I'd always been sort of interested in that stuff. And um, to cut a long story short, what, what ultimately happened was kind of a random event of things. I had a little sausage dog, right? And <laughs> they can have these, their backs are long, you know, obviously. And they sometimes get, they jump off the couch and they do all silly things, but they, you know, they get a little bit overweight. Jackie was a little bit overweight, which is our fault probably, but um well, obviously. And, and so her poor little back, her poor little back was, she, she started to cramp up and be all like her ears would be sagging. Like she was visibly not happy. Do you know what I mean? And uh, she just would come and like cuddle with you and then just sit next to you because she just wasn't well and wasn't herself. And so eventually we took her to the vet and the vet said, listen, there's not much I can do for your dog. Um, why don't you see a chiropractor? And we were like, what? <laughs> Are you weird? Um, and I mean, this is 
this is South Africa back in the day, you know, this is where there, there probably weren't hundreds of chiropractors everywhere. It wasn't like, a, you know what I mean? And so anyway, we, we, my mom had seen a chiropractor. So we said, okay, I said, mom, you know, phone, phone your chiro. Let's, let's see what he says. And he, he was the most amazing man. And he said, um, bring the dog in after my last patients at five o'clock, bring the dog in at 10 past five or whatever. And because the nervous system is a nervous system, uh, spines a spine kind of thing, you know? And so we're like, cool. We brought the dog in. And at this stage, Jackie was basically dragging her back feet. I don't know if you've seen that, but they, they sort of the legs don't work anymore uh, because the signals from the brain are not getting through to the legs. And anyway, so we, Jackie, comes in, drags her legs in and whatever. He does his thing on her uh, and she walked out, you know, from dragging the legs in. And I was, and I was a 17 year old boy witnessing this, obviously quite impressionable, but I saw it in front of my own eyes. <laughs> I was like, what just happened there? You know? And he was like, he just was so nonchalant. He was like, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Like we just, we sorted out, you know? And it blew me away, you know, and, and I went and I had no like drive or passion to be honest up until that point in my life. Not really like, but I, that, I, that night I read a book. He gave me a book on chiropractic. I freaking read that book in like two days. I, I, um, I went and observed him. I hung, like watched him and I was just literally blown away like by what I was seeing. And, and so I knew that I was onto something because I was so excited and I told my mom, you know what? I'm moving to the big smoke next year and I'm going to study, study this, you know? And uh, yeah, that was a sort of, sort of my journey really. And, um, but thanks to my, <laughs> thanks to my little dog. <laughs> Do you treat dogs at all now? Yeah, I've seen, I've come full circle and, uh, <laughs> and seen quite a number of, of dogs. And I mean, look, like, like he said back in the day, a nervous system's a nervous system. And, um, and sometimes if the signals are not getting through, like something can go wrong and then they can feel horrible and, um, so I have, you know, and it's, uh, it's quite, it's, it's, it's nice because it either works or it doesn't, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no like, Oh, you're going to feel amazing now after this. There's none of that. Like either the dog walks out or it doesn't. Yeah. And, um, so, so I like that because it's not a, there's no like placebo or anything like that. So, um, I actually quite like that aspect of seeing, seeing the animal. <laughs> I love that you see both humans and animals. I feel like here, people are either human chiropractors or animal chiropractors. Ah, I see. But maybe I'm missing something. Ah, but I think people do. People that are not very people orientated that they're like, just give me the animals. They don't talk back. So, yeah. Um, so maybe that's uh, why they go that, that route. I, I'm not, I don't class myself as, I see myself as a chiropractor. I look at nervous system and spine. If you are an animal or a human being, you have one whatever. If you, if, if you feel that I need to look at your, your dog's back cause it can't walk sweet, I'll have a look. You know, it's not, I don't say I'm one or the other. I'm just like, this is what I do that might help you or maybe it won't. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, we actually had, I mean, I've had tons of amazing experience with chiropractors, super, super grateful for everyone I've ever worked with, but my dog had one chiropractic treatment during a race, I actually crashed, crashed during the race. And one of the, it was a whole bunch of, I think they were all chiropractic students who mm. were like the race medical staff. And one wow. of them saw my dog standing there and came over and just worked. He's got mild hip dysplasia and just worked on it. 
while he's oh, out yeah. there. And yeah, he was great for like a week. It's awesome. No, that's cool. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> you see, you've had experience with it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. So now you are a full-time chiropractor and full-time podcaster. Yeah. How's that working for you? Brilliant. Love it. Um, it's a, it's an exercise in reinventing yourself. So one thing that I have thought about a lot of late is like, obviously life is not long, really. It's long and it's, and it's short. You can see it in both ways, but it's very easy to become typecast in a very specific thing that you do. You're known as, you know, Kelsey, the triathlete, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and everyone just knows you as that. And that's cool. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But maybe, maybe you can reinvent yourself a few times in your life and, and try different things. And I think new challenges are so valuable in our lives. And, and, this, and running a podcast, I never thought, I always thought I'd be Craig the chiropractor. And, and, I, and I'll probably always will be to some degree. But at the same time, there's something very valuable and about experiencing new things and trying new things. And, and that's what this podcast along with Gareth, who I run the podcast with, uh, it's been this most amazing, like change in what I do. And it's just introduced me to different people, different ways of thinking and immersed in a sort of a different environment. And by doing something new, whatever it is, you grow so, so much. And I just, you know, I can't recommend stuff like that enough. You know, for me, it's been running a podcast, which is cool. And there's lots of other things, but particularly with a podcast, because I love human beings so much, it's great because you get, we will, in our podcast, we get to unpack people's stories. And I'm just fascinated by how everyone has a story, you know, Mm -hmm. and everyone has if you sit down with anyone, I can almost guarantee it. If you sit down with anyone for long enough and listen for long enough, there will be such interesting stuff in there that you can learn from. And that's kind of why we do the podcast, you know, and I really firmly believe that. I, I don't think there's anyone out there that is, that, that doesn't have something in their story that will, will, will not fascinate you and blow you away. I'm with you a hundred percent. Yeah. And so, so like, yeah, for me, that's, that's why you know, it's sort of twofold, you know, number one, I'm just loving being interacting with human beings like that. And number two, it's a bit of reinventing myself. Cool. I'm, I'm trying something new. I'm doing, going down a different path. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like the two, um, like fuel each other? That's a good question, actually. Um, I think what happens is I am way more compassionate people at as a chiropractor i'm also way better listener these days um because that's what you do a lot of when you run a podcast as you know (laughs) and and i'm loving it like it's a it's a one has to practice to listen and actually you know 50 percent or more of the healing or it doesn't have to be healing it can be anything of the good stuff happens when you just learn to listen more and not preempt what you're going to say back. And that's not easy when you're running a podcast like you, you kind of have to think what you're going to ask next, but, but, and do both 
but just in a day-to-day scenario, like it's just such a liberating thing. And then going, cool. Like I just listen. I heard you. You people want to be heard. Mm-hmm. When you heard, you open up and you become more vulnerable, and you you have a deeper connection. And so I guess if I had to choose one major thing, that would that would really, I'd honestly say that makes a big difference. And then on the on the reverse side of it, the other way around to the podcast, obviously. Um, understanding from my background as a chiropractor of, of some of the intricacies of how we operate. Um, I get to, I get to understand people on a, on a sort of different level, but so it's been a fascinating ride. I think anything that you do, you can link, you can sort of mesh or intertwine with your, with other areas in your life. There is no separation between things anymore. Like my, me, the Craig, the chiropractor and the podcast are now, that is my, the new sort of mold that I'm forming into. And I think it's the same for all of us. Like you're a triathlete and a this and a that and, and all these other things that you do. But it, it, the, the, the sum of the parts is greater, you know, uh, than, yeah. and that's the cool thing, I think. So we need to f- not have these separations. For example, as we mentioned, body-mind is not separate. It's holistic, holistic life. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really well said. I, I feel that like we're all intertwined and it, it's like we're one big ball of goop rather than in little boxes, in little mm-hmm. like, uh, like parallel roads. Like, no, it's all together. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool that. Um, so you had an experience... Was it in your early twenties when you yeah. first learned you had ankylosing spondylitis? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, can you talk about that a little bit? Of course. So that was a really tough time in my life. Um, I was actually seventeen when I first, or seventeen, eighteen, around there, when I first experienced some symptoms. And I also came in contact with this the weird. Um situation that I found myself in of finding how amazing the medical system is and how disillusioned I was with the medical profession on the other side of the same coin, which is kind of weird. So I had been, first of all, misdiagnosed with things for a long time. uh, And which is super frustrating. You don't really know what's wrong with you, you know, and then what happened was when they found some kind of diagnosis, they basically said, well, you, this is what you're in for, for the, he it literally said, Oh, this is the first taste. The rest of your life is going to be pretty rough. Basically wow. good luck. Like that's was the, the, I was like a youngster, you know, and those words, I don't know how much of those exact words that he said to me impacted my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's no way to con- quantify that. But I don't think it's a good thing to do, <laughs> um, <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> so, um, and so that was that first taste of like the medical profession as a whole. Like once again, I'm using massively generalized terms, but they that guy helped me a lot, right? But he also had seen me as this accumulation of cells that wasn't. There was no room for like changing the narrative. Mm-hmm. in his mind of health and what is possible for my well-being in the future and 
that I don't agree with that. That could have just been him as an individual, but it's, I do kind of extrapolate that to the, you know, that kind of profession overall. Um, so interesting times. And, and so from then on, I did experience a lot more um, tough times. And I mean, I've, I went to the depths of my brain when you pain in any form uh, exposes something in you uh, that you have to, it's in your face, right? You have to do. So I guess if you're on the bike and you, and you're at your wits end with like, you can't go anymore. Something you get to a depth within your soul where you, you have to either you have to, or you don't, you know, which yeah. one is it? Mm-hmm. And I guess there's different ways of that happening to you. And, and for me, that was, that was my sort of lesson, a lot of lessons, you know? Yeah. So there's more there though, because so the guy told you that things were going to be pretty rough for you, but are they Mm. still? Well, it was a long journey. So I had just a sort of synopsis of everything, you know, I'd, I'd been in and out of hospitals and doctors and injections and trying to get, because with ankylosing spondylitis or any kind of that kind of a room, room, uh, rheumatic issue. It's a form of arthritis, right? It's autoimmune. Um, the stuff that mentally you go through with it is like, why is my body doing this to me? Because it's, that's what it is. It's like attacking itself. And you think, surely that's not right. You know, like what the hell is going on here? What? And then, and then you hear things. This is the, this is the weird balance in life. You know, all the stuff I'm reading is like your mindset, get, you know, your body is, if you're sick, it's your mind's fault. Get your head out of the, you know, and, and I'm lying there in extreme pain, swollen joints. And I'm thinking, Christ, what have I been telling myself? What is the story? Because clearly I am, if that's the reality, why have I done this to myself? And I'm and just feeling more and more hard on myself, actually. So that's where some of my sensitivity does come in with people. I'm like, it's not, it's not as straightforward as just saying it's all in your head. You know, it might actually be that, that that's the case, but it, when you're in the depth of something that is, you are certainly wishing and putting positive vibes out there every second of the day to get yourself out of that place. <laughs> I yeah. promise you that. And so anyway, um, you know, in and out, wrong diagnosis, chronic medication, like strong medication. I was on like all these different meds. They're like, oh, you're not responding to this. This doesn't work. Try this. And then it's just this like crescendo of stronger and stronger medications. That's how it works. You know, we try the over-the-counter stuff. Okay, that didn't do anything. So next, 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 next. And as you go up these things, you just have more and more and more side effects and more and more and more whatever's. Um, and eventually I was on these, in, these drugs called, um, biologics, which is an injectable like Humira or Etanacep. And they're like the most sort of hardcore drug that you can kind of get for this kind of thing. And the, the hardest part besides the physical aspect of it, the hardest part was dealing with the fact that I'm studying to be a chiropractor <laughs> and I'm on strong medication and I can't get my shit together physically, basically. And it was like, it would really mess with me a lot. Like it, I, I just, I'd be lying there like in shame, you know, like not telling. So I didn't, I didn't tell people at all because I felt literally, I felt super ashamed of it. I mean, there were times when people could see I was like, not well, or limping or something. I'd always make excuses. Oh no, I tripped her or whatever it was. Um, 
because of the shame. And it's so sad, actually. Like, I just, I wish I knew more, like, now what I did then, you know, like, talk about it and, and, and be okay with getting help. And I wouldn't have probably been in that place as much, you know. So, a massive journey and, and, but good because, as to come back to your question with a long winded answer, um, I, I literally, it takes years to sometimes change your thinking and your thought processes. It doesn't always happen in an instant. Um, and so right now I've been off medication, all my medication for like four years or something like that. I haven't touched and I've never felt better, like literally never felt better. And I have some pain, but I think it's more just because every I, I had a lot of inflammation for a long time. And, but I feel great. I like, and no medication. And this was literally not possible if you speak to any of the people that I spoke to on my journey, you know. And I just literally attribute that to education of myself and working on myself and connection and purpose, believe it or not. Like, even this podcast, like, when, I, when one has purpose in, in their life or someone has purpose, your mind is not going to all these other places. You just know what you've got to do. And I honestly think all these little things in my life, like um, connection and friendships and diet and purpose and everything contributed to where I am now. Um, and once again, it's a holistic view of life. So look, it's been a massive journey, but once again, like with anyone that's gone through anything, <laughs> it's like, what is this happening to me or is it happening for me? And, and I'm just literally, every time something tough comes up now, I almost find the sense of excitement because I know something is going to come out of this. I don't know what, but here I am, you know. <laughs> I feel you. I get the same thing. People think I'm completely weird, but I get really excited. <laughs> and I was going to ask you, actually, there's this Steve Jobs quote that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards. Hmm. so all right you've got jackie the little hmm. spirit dog who basically showed you the way to chiropractic totally then anglosing spondylitis hmm. how did that help you become who you are today wow it's um first of all the benchmark for what i can handle and achieve has been set very high now for myself mentally, uh, which is cool. You know, like I, I'm like, Oh, well that that's, that's my sort of, everything is relative to that in a way. Okay. Well this happened to me today. Is it as bad as that when I was lying there, like feeling that way? No ways. That's not. So the benchmark has just been ramped up a lot. So I'm, I'm way less sort of soft now in terms of what I know I can do and handle. I'm also way more compassionate for people because you don't, you just don't know what's going on in other people's lives. You just, you just don't. And I just know like how I felt some days and trying to put on a brave face and, and there's lots of people out there going through things like that, whatever it is, we've all got something, you know, this is the reality. Um, and just have a moment to, to, to care actually that, that their journey has gotten to the, to that point. So if they've cut you off in traffic or something, you, you just don't know. So, and I'm way slower to judge and to give my opinion about things and a strong opinion because 
because you just don't know. And so that's, that's been a real good lesson. And it's, it's also liberating because to feel like you, you could not constantly judging others is quite liberate because I used to be a judgmental person and I probably still have some of that. We, I'm still human being, but it's just way less nowadays. And actually I feel so much better for it because I can just smile and go, I'll see you where you're at. Mm. And that kind of reflects onto me. And I feel like, okay, well I'm seeing myself where I'm at too. And let's all just move on from there. And then suddenly there's this, my shoulders relax. My, the, my, I get a gentle smile in my mind and on my face and, and, and suddenly interactions just become a little bit easier. And, um, and I know it sounds weird, but that's kind of all stemmed from going through those sort of times now, you know, and, and also like anything is possible, you know, when I'm seeing just from a purely work standpoint, you know, chiropractic, I'm like, when someone says that's not possible, I'm like, okay, cool. Let like, really okay cool let's see if that's true mm-hmm. and um, anything is possible in life people <laughs> and uh, and time and again when i read stories of other people's strife and struggles i'm just um and, and then how they come through them a lot of the time people have told them that things aren't possible you know look at joe Dispenza, who i look up to a lot and you know he had multiple fractured vertebrae and yeah. you know and that literally like no one even his own family was like what are you thinking you need to do xyz and it's possible so it's given me a new framework for believing in people and believing in myself mm. and yeah. it sounds like your your energy out there in the healthcare world is going to counteract that doctor who told you that life was going to be pretty rough from you for you from now on. hundred <laughs> percent. The bastard. <laughs> uh, funny. Because I mean, why not give people hope? Hey, jeez. Yeah. Um, how can that hurt? How can it hurt? Uh, look, I mean, and I guess people want to, um, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, expectations, um, uh, curtail like, or have realistic expectations. Right. And, but whose expectations, you know what I mean? Mm. Like what kind of limits do we put? And then I guess it's just talking about it now, Kelsey, it's like, makes me think what other limitations do we put on ourselves day to day? You know, like little things like, Oh, I I don't know if I can make that much cash or uh, I don't know if I, if she'll like me or he, you know, he'll like me or uh, who knows. There's just so many limitations that are, that we put on ourselves and uh, and I'm still learning to, to remove those limitations. But, you know, that guy, that, 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 that time and all those times, they, they just taught me that you should just, um, just believe a little bit more in yourself and, um, and go along for the ride. And, and you might surprise yourself. or you probably will, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And no crystal balling. Mm. That's what I call what that guy did. Telling you what your future was going to be like. No one knows. No one has any idea what, so what's going to happen in the next minute. Totally. Like, totally. Yeah. It did, and it doesn't really. feel good. Like, what good comes from crystal balling? Nothing. For who? <laughs> yeah. Well, for anyone. Because for him, he feels like he's... Oh, he saved you. Well, he's given you... Okay, cool. I have told you this at least you've got realistic expectations for the rest of your life. 
if I give you too much hope and it doesn't meet that expectation, maybe you will be more sad, you know, in his mind, maybe he's doing it from a good place. You know, I, I totally yeah. get that. You know? Yeah. He's like your inner critic, but he's external. He's like a real life <laughs> inner critic. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, totally. Totally inner critic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, faster. That's not how it works. No, totally not. But I get it too. I get it because his own limitations in his own life, once again, we project, don't we? We project mm -hmm. our own feelings and everything else onto other people. And I've had people say, like, they come in with this massive scoliosis, right? Or something like that. And they say, is this fixable? And honest to God, to this day, I always want to say no. Like, that's my gut reflex. It's like, but actually, I, then I always have to stop myself and say, you know what? I don't know if this is fixable, you know? I don't actually know, but you can give it a, a flippin' good go and you might surprise. If you're willing to put in the effort and the mindset and everything else you've got to do, maybe it is, you know? But my still, like, it's so weird because I still would probably default want to say, realistically, this is not fixable. And mm -hmm. who am I actually to say that, you know? So yeah. it's so ridiculous, eh? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, and there's a push in the coaching industry sometimes to guarantee results. And I'm completely opposed to that because I have no idea. I have no mm. idea where we're going. You might hire me to help you with your business, but then it turns out we dug into some other things and cleared all these other limiting beliefs you didn't realize mm. you had. And I don't know how much work you're going to do. I have <laughs> no idea what your results are going to be. Uh, isn't that liberating? Yeah. To say that in a way. Yeah. I love the power of, I don't know. Yes. And saying like being open to possibilities. Totally. I'd so much rather find out what's next than declare it, I guess. And oh, limit myself. I love it. Mm. Find out what's next, not declare it. I love that. Yeah. Cause I don't know. Let's, let's take it to a sports example. Like I might say, Oh, I want to, run a 10k in this time but what if i just focus on getting faster and faster and faster baby steps then maybe i'll break through that time that i original originally would have said and instead of telling like having that as a limit there were no limits i just kept getting faster ah, yeah exactly you don't you don't know what the where the the, the ceiling is yeah yeah so get cool. rid of I mean, ceilings. The four-minute four four mile thing, I suppose. You know? Yeah, exactly. Once that was opened up, everyone was doing it. Oh, it's like, oh, wait, that's okay. It's okay yeah. to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's safe to do that. Yeah, yeah. How weird is that? Yeah. It's kind of like people don't like to be the first one, like with the last name Abbott. I was always scared being the first one called like, let's do things alphabetically. And I'd be like, Oh, and thank God for the few kids in my class who were like Chris Abba and uh, uh, yeah. Adam Abate who were ahead uh, of me. I was so grateful for them. I was all for going second, but don't make me go first. Like it's scary to be the first one. Oh, funny. And then uh, those silly little things. Cause you're like, really? Yeah. Yeah. So Roger Bannister went first. No. <laughs> and then everyone else was like, okay, we can do this. We can break this four minute mile. No big deal. Totally. I, I think that is like 
I mean, we don't, we probably, we, that should be a story taught to so many, other, you know, it's just like such a massive le- lesson for, for all of our thinking. There was a weightlifter that, that um, he was in like Russia and he, he was lifting ridiculous weights back in the day. And he went to his first competition and he literally lifted like double everyone else because he didn't know he was so isolated in the, in the freaking middle of the, of where he lived. Mm-hmm. It was exactly the same story. He just had no idea what the norm was. And so when he went into this competition, if you, like the max anyone had done was say 400, 400 and he literally came in and doubled it. And um, because he had no limitation, limiting beliefs, he just sat in his own garage at home and did it for 20 years, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So cool. Oh, that's amazing. What yeah. happened after he did it with other people? Did he keep do you He know? raised the bar. He raised yeah. the bar for everyone else. And did he keep yeah. going up too? I don't I actually don't know the like the end of the story. I just know that 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 he had when he entered the scene, he was just like next level um compared. This was actually um, Bud Jeffries, one of our um previous guests spoke about it. And, um, he's a strong man himself. So he had just had the story of this guy it was just fascinating. And, um, it's just a, once again, an example of the, the beliefs we have for ourselves are, are the only, or the, or the dis, what is the word? Like the limiting beliefs are the, are the ones that we impose on ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. but because you said earlier that we all connected, we're all intertwined in this group you still feeding off other people's own limiting beliefs, like the doctor's limiting belief. Yeah. And uh, we have to just be careful of that. Don't we? Yeah. 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 Or the doctor's fear of being wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big fear that holds all of us back. True. And has he done the self work? I don't know. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, a Craig, one more, this is probably a lie, but I'm going to say one more question. Um, what's the scariest <laughs> thing you've ever done? Goodness gracious. Come off my medication, to be honest, uh, because I know what it's like to feel the way I did. And I realized that if I was really going to do this, right, and really not have a safety net, because we we will like a little bit of a backup, don't we? You know, like, Oh, this is a bit safer. This is the safer option. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I, I realized that if I wanted to just feel amazing in my life again and that, and, and, and truly come off and feel great, I have to leave the safety net behind. And so that's what I did. And then I, yeah, I'm like so glad I did, but it, honestly it sounds silly, but it, it just took me a long time to mentally be able to say, I'm okay because I'd heard it so many times. If you come off the medication, you will go back to where you were. Yeah. And I'd heard it one too many times. And I believed it, you know? Um, and I, honest to God, I still sometimes have, if I, if something hurts, my brain is instantly thinking, Oh shit, mm-hmm. it's starting again. And I hope that that goes away. And I hope is probably a bad word to use when it goes away. Uh, I will be very happy about that because I feel like it still triggers something in my brain mm-hmm. and I still have some limiting um, beliefs around it. But, but I think we all need to take a leap of faith with things. And uh, so that's probably really the biggest thing. And also, um, you know, like the podcast, you know, with Gareth, it, it, you ha- when you do things in community and as a team, Oh my God, like the, the kinds of things you can achieve 
are just next level. And sometimes having people around you that you spend time with, or not sometimes, always, can help you get through these times and push through. And, and doing things together, um, you know, you were mentioning that your husband helps you with some of the editing and things. Just being able to have that, that connection and, and the pat on the back when you're tough or when someone else is not feeling great, you're there and vice versa and push through things together. This is why we do the podcast. The real deeper layer is like, we should be doing things together. We should be uh, hand in hand in this world together. And I think when things are scary, like you said, what's the scariest thing? At the end of the day, the bad story that that doctor had, I had equally good stories from people. And ultimately, they won out, you know. And so I choose to focus on that nowadays. Mm-hmm. But you still need to surround yourself with those people that can just be there and, 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 help, and see you and help you. Um, and so for the, for the negative, there's always a massive positive and focus on that when you can, you know. Yeah, that's amazing that you were able to outweigh the negative because the negativity bias, I feel like it's like nine to one or something. Like it takes nine positive experiences to outweigh one negative experience. That's a a lot. Jeez, yeah. That's not, those are not great odds, you know? No, but you did it. Yeah. And we all, we all do it day to day. On small well, things. What was that first day without your medication like? Ah, uh, well, I. It's funny because I kept because the medication you have to keep in the fridge, right? So mm-hmm. I had it in the fridge after I'd moved to Australia for uh, probably six months, like waiting to see, you know, oh, what's going to happen. And I eventually just said, well, I came to this, you know, point where I'm. It's done. I chucked it away. And to be very honest with you, I was nervous, <laughs> you know, my first day. Yeah. And um, I hadn't been on the medication for a while. I just had kept some of it, like, just in case. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe moving countries, I'm going to stress, and then my body will go into this old pattern. And, you know, all these stories we tell ourselves. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's a valid story on some level. But at the same time, when I got rid of it, I, I really did feel a weight sort of or a shift in me. And, um, and I guess we can extrapolate that into diff- little things in our lives where we, where we commit, truly commit to something. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. I was committing to my health. I was committing to not being on the medication. And when we commit to anything in our lives, it feels good. You know, I've made this commitment to myself and to others, um, but it has to start f- within yourself and then no one really cared. No, no one was watching me chuck that medication away and, and go through that. It was, it was just me. I had to be there and, 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 and decide. So go out there and freaking decide what you want to do and stand up for that and, and throw away the safety net sometimes, you know, in certain scenarios and see how that feels. Yeah. Well, let's end on that brilliance. Um, how can people learn more about you? Listen to the podcast. Yes, yeah, so please head over to ridic-human.com is our, our website. Um, and uh, you can find me at Cairo Craig Haywood on Instagram if you want to look specifically for me or Ridic 
uh, human, is it ridiculously human on, uh, on Instagram, uh, for our podcast and yeah. And just so grateful for your time today. I like, I've had the best chat. Thank you so yeah. much for having me on. It's been really epic. This was so fun. Thank you so much, Craig. Yeah, I had a great time and, and, uh, I just want to give Gareth a shout out because, you know, we're, uh, we're all connected, but obviously he and I are extra connected. <laughs> we spend day in and day out with one another. And the reason part of the reason I'm sitting in front of you today is, is because we are doing this together and, um, we are so intertwined now, uh, that, yeah, that, that I, I there's a, there's a lack there's a difficult, it's difficult to separate the, the two of us and I'm grateful to him and I'm grateful to you and anyone listening to this now can also head over and listen to you, the podcast we had with you on our podcast. It was really great and we're just um, super grateful for your time as well. Oh, thank you. I had so much fun. I'm so excited that I got to record that with both of you guys, then record an episode with Gareth, now record an episode with Craig. I don't know what's next for the three of us, but I plan on keeping in touch. <laughs> thank you so much for listening if you'd like to continue the conversation please head over to facebook and join the group find your awesome with kelsey abbott it's free and if you want more than that go to my website kelseyabbott.com And there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.